This is the Alpaca Podcast for all things alpaca. If you're an owner, a soon-to-be owner, a want-to-be owner, or are just alpaca mad or love the fleece, welcome to the Alpaca Tribe. I'm Steve Hetherington. Hi, Steve here, and welcome to the Alpaca Tribe. Welcome to all you lovely alpaca people. Hey, I've got a treat for you today. We've got Alison, who is an alpaca dentist. Did you know there was such a thing? Well, there is. And Alison was the first alpaca dentist in Australia. It's been great to have discussions with her about the kind of things that can happen and what can be done about them. And, do you know, I thought I knew a bit about alpacas, and <laughs> I ended up feeling I've got a whole new stuff that I need to learn. So I hope you enjoy it and benefit from it as well. And there's details in the show notes of how to contact Alison if you've got any queries and find out more information. She's got a new book coming out in about four months' time, and we'll keep you updated when that's available. It's going to be a good show. So here we go. Here's Alison. Alison, welcome. Welcome to the Alpaca Tribe podcast. It's so good to have you here and being able to share some very interesting areas of, of information with alpaca owners around the world, because we get listeners all around the world. And we've even got a few in Australia, I know. They'll recognize that familiar accent. So welcome. Thank you. Thanks for um, having a chat with me. So my first question for all my guests is to check. Now, when did you meet your first alpaca and how did it make you feel? My first alpaca, um, we didn't live here. We lived about five kilometers up the road in a smaller property where we couldn't really have any animals. And um, I have a long history of horses and I'd been out horse riding and my husband had been out walking the dogs and I got home and he said, you should see what I've just seen just up the road. I've got to take you to meet them. They're alpacas. So the next day up we went. I'd never seen them. They were behind the house. And we met these alpacas from that I'd, you know, never seen an alpaca before. Anyway, on the way home, he said to me, if you love me, you'd buy me an alpaca. (laughs) Oh, blackmail. (laughs) It took a bit of time, but um, we moved to another property and I loved him so much I bought him two. Oh, there you go. That's that's real love. (laughs) So that was back in um, 1996. We got two females. Right. Oh, it's a long time back. That's a long time ago. Yeah. And did did you then uh, grow the numbers of animals you had? Yep. Um, We started breeding and um, we got to at one stage about 30 alpacas and we're only on 10 acres and I still have horses. And um, that was my first passion. And um, I just loved working with the alpacas. And um, over time, the dentistry took over. So I stopped breeding and I now have 11 pets. Right. Okay. So they still still got alpacas in the life. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's not to. <laughs> absolutely. I'll yeah. I'll be keeping them until yeah. I die, I guess. Now 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 then that what you are particularly known for is alpaca dentistry. And that's a thing. People may not have realized that the, there is such a thing as an alpaca dentist. And you were the first alpaca dentist in Australia. Uh how did that come about? I had um a sick alpaca. And she had a crea, and she was one of the most dominant 
females in the paddock and I was feeding all of them. There was a few mothers and creas and um, she would only eat part of her food and then she'd go away and just sit down and she was getting thinner and thinner and um, I was quite concerned for her. I had no idea what was wrong but I could see that she wasn't eating eating right. So I rang the vet and my vet said, you don't need a vet, you need a dentist. And um, mm. she put me in touch with an equine dentist that had been, that had studied alpacas overseas, actually in England. And he started working with alpacas in Australia. And he came out and saw her. She had an infected gum and tooth. He took the tooth out. And within 10 minutes, she was eating. And within two weeks, she'd gained all of her weight and she was back to normal. The recovery was amazing. And so that after that, he started um, doing my horses every year. So I would also get him to check my alpacas while he was here. So that's how I was first introduced to um, dentistry with alpacas. And I worked for another, another stud, a larger stud of about 70 alpacas. So he then started doing theirs as well, but he was really busy with horses People were asking me, you know, how do you look after your alpaca's teeth? I would say, well, I've got this guy, but they found it hard to get him. So it, it took me a long time, but I convinced him that he should train me. Right. <laughs> well done. <laughs> so that was back in 2002, and I started training in 2004, which that's probably another interesting story. Um, he he said you're going to need some skulls for your training. Ah. <laughs> so when when you train to which is true, but it's kind of where do you get? Oh, that's yeah. exactly okay. right. So um, when you train to be an equine dentist, horse skulls are probably a bit more readily available than alpaca skulls were back then. And he said to me, you need alpaca skulls. So I managed to ring around, and I did manage to get oh I don't know three or four skulls. So I gave him a call and I said, I'm ready. I've got my skulls. Off we go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and he said, how many you got? I said, oh, four. He said, call me back when you've got 30. So that was <laughs> <laughs> I thought to myself, how am I There's going to get 30 skulls? Oh, <clears throat> yeah. And I did. I, I rang around um, the, the larger breeders and – Begged and I got some um, heads, you might say. And then I had I went to our local meeting, our um, one of our regional meetings, and I had to get up and say, "Look, I'm doing this research. I'm doing this study. It's for you know, it's for the future for everyone's alpacas, and I need skulls." There was a deathly silence in the room, <laughs> and then I think Absolutely. a few, I can understand that a few people realised yeah. what I was really asking for, yeah. and. Um, I did. I got over 30. It, it took a little while, but I ended up with 32 and then I was able to start training. Yeah. And it's one of those things that it's, it's not for everybody, obviously, <laughs> to be able to, to, to access that kind of it's, uh, resource it's with, with, with the skulls. But, it, it's, it, but it's really important for someone who's going to do the kind of level of uh, training that you did. It is really important. So all of those skulls have been cut open, the teeth have been cut open. It's, you know, being a dentist isn't just a matter of looking inside the mouth. You need to know what's happening mm. inside the jaw as well. So I have yeah. – everything's been photographed, logged. I think I'm up to 50 now, um, 50 skulls. Right. 
So, mm. yeah. Well, yeah. people have people have strange collections, and I think yours probably stands out as one of the strangest. <laughs> uh, no, it's I, I can understand completely that it's really really important. Yeah, there was yeah. no other resources at all. So no, no. books, um, nothing. So you know, we had to. I had to. Um, collect resources as I went and try and find research mm. through the internet. That's really valuable stuff. And I, I, there are things in various corners um, that you, you'd be able to connect with, but it's it's not it's not just available, is it? It's really hard to yeah, find just, a lot of information. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, so you're based around Melbourne sort of area. Yep. Yes, I'm just outside of um, Melbourne, and um, yep. but I travel the whole of Victoria. Well, that that's, was my question, was the next question, in terms of how, how far can you go? Because Australia is a very big place, I know. Um, and even Victoria is going to be uh, a large area to cover. Yes. So um, my furthest client would probably be up in Stall, which is about four hours drive away. So I go in all directions and I usually go away, stay one or two nights and work two or three days and do a circuit and come home. Because of distance, you can't... No, absolutely. But you, you don't do house calls to, to the UK. I'd love to. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. We'd love you to. Um, it's one of one of those things that uh, it's a long distance thing. But it may be that we, uh, you know, okay, little little idea just 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 popping into my brain there that maybe we could try and set something up. Even if we couldn't do a a, a literal house call, maybe we could do something online and and uh, make it available for people. Uh, to to gather digitally or, or sort of on, online and and maybe do something that way, yep. but uh, yeah, so I'll watch this space. We'll come back to that if we can get our head around the, the the logistics of that. Yeah, I'm in the process of um, writing a book at the moment, so right. that'll probably be Excellent. useful. Any any idea of of likely publication date for that? Or not not sure yet. In the next four months. All oh, right. In the next four or That's five months. Fairly imminent. Oh yep. oh oh oh. Yep. Now is that going to be available internationally? Are we going to be able to get our hands on it? Oh, definitely. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It'll, it will miss because we've got the, uh, the British Alpaca Society show is coming up in, at the end of March. Um, oh, we just started March, didn't we? Yes. That was the other day. Yes. It's, so it's, it oh, won't God, be ready it's, that quickly. It's, it's be, no, no. It's, it's a few weeks rather than a few months. Um, but that would be, be a good resource to, to, to make it available and we'll make sure people know when it's available that, uh, yep, how they can get, get hold of that. So that'd be, be excellent. Um, so. The kind of issues that you have to deal with, I mean, we, we have an awareness, most uh, alpaca owners, that of some sensitivities and some, some issues and you're watching for the, the, the sort of the lumps on the jaws and that kind of thing. Um, what are, what are the, the general kind of key issues that you tend to, to find mostly with the, with the alpaca teeth? Okay, so quite often the first time that I go to a property, it'll either be long incisors is the most common thing because people can see that. Um, but after that, it would be um, body condition score. So an alpaca would be too thin. It would be struggling. It wouldn't, you know, they'd have tested for parasites, possibly seen a vet. Um, they can't find anything wrong. So all of my regular clients now, if they have an alpaca that's either lost weight um, on the scales or, or their body condition score it and it's thinner than the others and there's no excuse, um, you know, sometimes it can be a, a growing career, but if there's no excuse, they will get me to check it next time I'm there. And they're all um, good at picking them now, and they usually do have a dental problem. 
Yeah. Yeah, because that whole kind of body condition uh, thing is, is it's the quick um, change is there. So if, if you're picking up on that regularly and checking the yep. body scores, then you can pick up on things where they're starting to lose a bit of condition, a bit of weight. Yeah, it's the key to a lot of health problems is to, um, you know, you must keep an eye on their body condition. For, for You know, it's not necessarily teeth or parasites. It can be lots of other things. But, um, you know, that's the way to decide and just by watching them. Yeah, and this time you're, we're in the winter here um, and, and you're just going into whatever you're just going into. Is it just going into autumn? Autumn, yeah. Ish, yeah. So um, we've we've got a lot of full fleeced animals, which then you can't just by looking at them kind of say, oh, they look a bit under because – You've got to get your hands on them and, and check yeah. them over. Yeah, you've got to get them on the scales yeah. or, or touch them. Yeah. Or touch them. Yeah. And yeah. Um, as far as dental's concerned, you need to watch them. You know, they could have a swelling on their jaw. They could be dribbling. When you're saying watching them, is that watching them eat um, or just keeping an eye on them generally in terms of checking for – because regularly when, when I manage to uh, – to take hold of my animals, I'll, I'll routinely just run my hand down the jaw just checking there isn't something – that isn't immediately obvious. I, do, do you know, I've got some swellings at the moment. I'm, I'm really concerned. I'm looking at this animal and I'm thinking, oh, he's got a bit of a, bit of a, a swelling on the jaw there. Oh, got hold of him and had a look. Because I'm right-handed, when I do the shearing, something happens and one side of the face gets to be shorter <laughs> than the other. And at this time of year, the fleece oh, has all so grown common. out. Yeah. And, and, I, and, and I've got, I'm thinking, oh, there's a swelling on the jaw. No, no, it's just the fleece. It's and then there are other times when you think, oh, it's just, I'm sure it's just the fleece. And you go, oh, no, there's something there. <laughs> so you do need to be getting hands on and, and checking them over. So is there, is there a set of routine, routine things? You're saying it's a common thing? Yeah. Oh, yes. Lopsided cheering. Yeah. yeah. You'd see yeah, that we try, all the time. We try our so, best, but. <laughs> so, so what I say, what I say to people is, um, look in your alpaca's mouth regularly. So every time you catch your alpaca, you're going to drench it or inject it, get into the habit of holding it, open, opening the lips, have a look at its incisors. The sooner you pick up a problem with the incisors, the sooner they can be fixed. It's much, much less less dramatic. But if you stand in front of the alpaca, have someone else hold it, you can actually run your hands, your fingers, along the inside and outside of the, the lower jaw bones, the mandibles, and you might feel a lump. You can run your hand over the, the cheeks. If there's a tooth that's been displaced to the outside, you might feel it um, through through the um, the cheeks. Uh, you might even feel sharp bits. The alpaca might pull away. The, the, the alpaca might be sore. And um, if you watch them eat, some of them, when they've got a tooth problem, don't eat hay because they can't chew it. So hay is the first thing that becomes difficult to chew because it requires the most chewing. Where some will eat, will still eat um, chaff or oats, you know, food out of a that you would feed out of a bucket. Mm. And I guess the, the challenge is, particularly if you've got a number of animals, is to make sure that you give attention to each one. And and you know, because because I've got some that they're, they're kind of middle of middle of the group somehow. Yep. <laughs> they, they, yeah, don't yeah. As much, yeah. they, they don't stand out. They they're very quiet. They're very placid and and biddable, and they'll they'll do whatever you you need them to. Uh, they don't stand out at all, and therefore you can just ignore them. I think once the problem's serious, you will probably notice it if you do the checks that I've just said. 
um, and you you watch them. I think, you know, the last alpaca up, always check the one that comes up last, the slowest one that's, you know, that might be struggling a bit. And watching them in the paddock's easy. It is easier if you, you know, only have 30 alpacas. But once you have a larger amount, um, most of my clients with large alpacas would go on body weight, body condition. And then after that, they would isolate any animals that are thinner, usually to feed them more, and then they get to watch those ones. And obviously they would do fecal egg counts, all that sort of stuff, um, to make sure it's not something that's quite that easy. Yeah. <laughs> if yeah. Only, yeah. And sometimes it is a large career. You know, they're feeding yeah. a large career. But yeah. most of the al- most of the female alpacas that I see would be identified in the last few months of pregnancy and the first six or eight weeks of lactation. Right. Yeah. That's the most common time. A because, challenging time for them, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, because they've got you know they've got the most um, stress on their body at that time, so they need to be able to eat. Yeah, and do you, do you find that there's um, something of a pattern of older animals having more problems? I guess there's a they, they get more wear and tear. Definitely. Yep. So by the time they get old, if they've had a, a small problem when they were young, it's progressively getting worse because it's most cases it's not going to fix itself. So a small problem as a, an eight-year-old becomes a big problem in a 14-year-old. So um, alpaca teeth basically start going downhill around the eight, around the okay. eight-year-old mark. About eight-year-old. Okay, that's really mm. helpful as a, as a marker just to kind of yep. – Okay, just running through my, my my girls and thinking, oh yeah, we, we, all this all this because that little group there. Okay, so I'll, I need to have yep. another look at those now. Yep, the um, older one, really the helpful. older the, the older they get, the mm. more chance there is that I will find something. But on sure. the other hand, the, the the older they are, perhaps they are the ones with the better teeth. Well, that's true. Yeah. So, yeah. but if something was to go wrong, you would think teeth quite often yeah. in a say a fourteen year old. Some fourteen yeah. year olds have no incisors left. Mm. They've worn them out completely. Yeah. There's a challenge. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. There we go. So now you did the, did the training um, and it was particularly on the, the, the person you did the training with was, was more on the equine side of things. So there oh, were definitely. Yeah. The, the equipment and, and the, the things that uh, you would use for, for, for equine things some of which I guess is going to be transferable and, and be multi-purpose, but some of the, the specifics uh, of an alpaca, the, the, the shape of the mouth, the shape of the jaw and that kind of stuff, would that require particular equipment and things? Yes. So the, the, the guy that trained me, you know, he's used to handling horses as was I, but he's, he was also the dentist that had already had um, I think 15 years experience doing horses so everything was second nature to him and he when he came if he had to do anything with my alpacas we would use shearing ropes because he you know he was quite strong at holding an alpaca's head all that sort of stuff for me that was was never going to work you know one or two yes but to to go to a property and do you know eight to twelve alpacas much too hard um, you know, never at the right height, the head could never be still enough. So the first thing that we had to design was a way of keeping the alpaca still but comfortable at the same time. I did a lot of research into how other livestock is kept still 
and nothing was suitable. So we had to, I had to design my own, which was a lot of trial and error. Um, but <laughs> oh, now man. I have, I have my trailer that the alpacas go into. They sit in cush position, which is a, a natural, comfortable position for them to chew. Right. So they're quite yep. happy in that position. Um, they are strapped in so that obviously they can't stand up. And I have um, sponge um, down the back of their neck and alongside their head so that the head is relatively still. But you'd be amazed how strong they are in the neck. <laughs> I do recognise that. Still. I know, I know, I know. And there's some, some seem to be, I don't know, they, they've got super flexible necks. The, the number of times I'm sort of, there's one in particular when I share her, um, she's, I'm, I've suddenly got a nose, I'm nose to nose with, she's, she's kind of twist her head all the way Not around. Not a good place and to she, be. And, and she's kind of look. she's looking at me and, and saying, well, what, what is it you're doing up back there? I'm just... <laughs> She's she's actually fine. There there are others. Yes, if she, if they turned their head around, I'd be in trouble. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, she's she's very laid back. But uh, yeah, no, the animals are they're just so different. Each yep. each alpaca is. I mean, you've got alpacas in general, but each individual alpaca is going to cope with this kind of attention very differently. Yep, they're all different, and they all cope with the procedures differently. And you can't pick the the one. You know, if someone will say, "Well, this one's going to spit," we'll do her last. You can mm. guarantee it's the second last alpaca that spits <laughs> and that she just sits there and doesn't spit at all. I know. So it, it's, it's really so hard to they un- they understand when how people they're talk, going to do it. Yeah, when people talk like that, they, they understand these things and they do that deliberately just to show you up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm convinced. I'm in quite a vulnerable position in front of that nose all the time. You are, yes. <laughs> so, you, so you've developed your own equipment uh, and designed and, and, and built the equipment that, that you, yep. you're now using. Yes. So everything is, I guess, downsized. So um, we use a, it's commonly called a, a dental gag. It's, it's really called a dental speculum. And we use that to keep the alpaca's mouth open. And that was incredibly difficult to make that. That took over a year um, finding someone to be able to make one of those for me that fitted the alpaca's the alpaca's jaw an equine one is is far too big it's um it digs in their eyes it, it, it's huge so i have i now have a smaller one that fits an alpaca perfectly and there's no other way to see in the back of the mouth than to have the mouth open um i i can't sedate i don't sedate so um a vet is able to sedate an alpaca so can put the hands in and have a look a bit more it's you know with a bit more safety i guess yeah it, yeah it, it was it's still very hard well, it's, it's still very hard and it's and, it, and the, the sedation's a, a tricky thing and some animals don't seem to they, <laughs> very, very affected by it and others that you know, just, yeah it's, most people it's, don't it's want their alpacas sedated no no can it's understand not that. um yeah. not for a procedure that can be done without sedative mm. So you've got your trailer and you take take all the stuff on farm uh, and then you'll, yep. you'll do a number of animals um, that have been identified. Um, yeah, so you'll, you'll go on, on site to the farm with your, your trailer and all your equipment. Um, yep. And you're able to get through a number of animals a day? I'll do. Um, my normal amount is 8 to 12. So it just depends if, if – um, if I'm working in one place for the day, 
we'll just do as many as I can do till my body can't do any more. So there's only yeah. a level of concentration that you yeah. can you can keep, and it's actually quite physical work. Yeah. So um, if I have one alpaca that's 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 taking up a lot of a lot of my energy, that takes longer than a one that's just a simple procedure, say just an incisor trim, which might only take twenty minutes. So it, it really depends. If I'm going to one client and I've got, I know that I'm seeing eight alpacas, then I'll only book a couple of others. I won't go to another place that's got twelve. So, but twelve's probably a good a good amount, good day's work. I have done more at times, but yeah, sometimes you need to, but but generally, yeah. Yeah. So you're saying about in, in size of trim, what what would would that involve? How would you do that? What's your approach? Oh, uh, so I use um, I use a Dremel, which is a high speed rotating disc and um, it's really important that the alpaca is really still so that you can get a good a good cut and on the correct angle without doing any permanent damage to the tooth yeah i know i know the people in the past have there's there's different views about what is the right way to do it or the things that are available and um and things and people have said that with a dremel one of the problems is that it heats the heats up and that the tooth can be damaged just because of the heat i think i guess it depends what 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 you've got on the end of the dremel <laughs> uh what what the disc is and 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 also how you how you're using it i think how you use it like that's all part that's all part of my training is to know how to use the equipment correctly, how long you can keep it on a tooth, where the, the blood supply and the nerve supply might be. Um, you know, every tooth has a blood supply and a nerve supply and working out all of that does involve training and experience. The, the nerve supply can be at the very top of the tooth and I'm not always 100%. It, you know, I don't always know where it is. In fact, most of the time I don't know where it is, but I do have a, a good educated guess as to where it is. Yeah, that that experience again comes comes in <laughs> yeah. comes in is yeah. not not just handy; it's just essential. Um, yes. So yeah, because yeah. again, I, I think people would tend to think because the teeth are carry on growing, don't they? As they they're worn down uh, through the, through the, the so they keep so the tooth carry on gr- growing. So they keep erupting. So the tooth grows inside the jaw. So before it erupts, it's actually almost fully grown, and that's that's it. It doesn't keep growing anymore. It erupts into the jaw, so it just keeps coming out of the jaw and wearing against the dental pad or the or the other right. teeth with the yeah. molars until okay. the tooth is worn out. So I think rodents have teeth that keep growing, okay. as opposed to alpacas yeah. that keep erupting. So oh, once the okay. tooth subtle, is grown in the jaw, that's, that's, that's yeah, it. that's really yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. the the tooth will wear out. Yeah, but that's it's so me. different to ours. We have a tooth that stays there, where where an alpaca's is cons- constantly wearing away, and and erupting out of the jaw to replace what's been worn, and that's why we see the incisors that don't meet with the dental pad. Mm. That's why we see Cause, them because they're still coming forward. Yeah, okay. because they're still coming out, but nothing's Erupt- wearing them down. Yeah. And the thing that that people don't see with molars at the back of mouth, is that it's exactly the same there too. So if if the molar on the top doesn't sit against the molars on the bottom, if there's a tiny little bit that's not 
sitting against it's another tooth. Growing. Or, or it will just like yeah. incisors, it'll right. it won't be worn down, and yeah. that's when it grows into the opposing jaw, and that's what right. causes so oh, many yeah, so many of the issues that I see. I'm yeah. sure, yeah. Right, that's really helpful. That's that's very that's good information. Thank you. Um, so, if there was, I mean, obviously, if you're doing a trim, then you're using the Dremel. If if it would you tend to just if it was a, a minor adjustment that was needed, would you tend to use a file. Yeah, yeah. If it's um, really minor, I can yeah. just use a file. We haven't concentrated on breeding alpacas for good teeth so much. Mm. So it's it's really important, to, and it is getting better that people look at the mouths of the alpacas they're going to use for breeding to make a good decision about whether it's suitable or not. I mean, the big, the big thing most people focus on is the fleece and whether it's fine and, and, yeah. and the density yeah. and that kind of thing. But obviously it's the whole uh, confirmation of the animal, including the teeth. Yeah, including, including the teeth, especially mm. incisors are visible, so they should be included. And But in saying that, not always – Long incisors aren't always a result of bad conformation. Right. So things can happen to an alpaca where, so in times of drought, when alpacas might be fed hay, the incisors aren't wearing because they're not grazing. So it only takes a tiny little bit of forward movement of the lower jaw and then the incisors are in front of the dental pad just by a few millimetres. It's then like like braces yeah you know because once the teeth are in front of the dental pad they have to grow together everything moves together so it's not always a conformational issue that requires incisors to be trimmed and sometimes an alpaca especially a young one may only need them trimmed once in their lifetime yeah, there are, there are others that seem to be. Oh, what I, I thought! I thought we dealt with that last time, and there it is again. Yeah, just, yep. yeah. Yep. Just some of the, some, I mean, like some that. of them do need a yearly trim. Yeah, so that, there are some basic things that we can do. We we run through that, so we can we can uh, stand in front of them uh, and run down the jaw. Uh, yep. Can check, open the mouth, check inside, and we're looking for bright things. Some animals have got much more colour in the mouth, and some are very pink. Uh, yep. It just depends on the on the animal. So some, sometimes it may not be quite as easy to see. And then being able to open the mouth further to be able to, to see further back is more yep. of a challenge, but, but is also important. Yes. Yeah. But you can also check um, fighting teeth. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. A gag. I was going to come on to those, but yeah. yeah. Yep. I've been surprised because <laughs> they sneak in between shearings or whatever, uh, or between handlings, <laughs> and, 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 and in, in goes the thumb thinking there's nothing there. Uh, and you end up with a little slice on the end of your thumb. Aren't they oh, sharp? No, no, no. Why did that Aren't come they from? Sharp? Yeah. They are so sharp. They are yeah. lethal things. They are. I, yes, I often get called out because another alpaca has been injured. Yeah. So, so it's time to After start. the event then, yeah, to, yeah. to trim them back. It's time to start and, looking and, after all the, all the fighting teeth now. Once someone's had one alpaca injured. With those, how do you, how do you deal with the fighting teeth? Is that different? You use a Dremel with that as well? Yep, yep, but a different one, a burr. Right. So, yep. Well, again, there's rules as to how much you can take off at, at what age. Right. You know, a young okay. a younger male is still going to have a, a good blood supply to that tooth, mm. where an older male, the blood supply is not there anymore, usually. Right, yeah. 
usually. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, it's one of those things where there's a lot of science in this, but there's also a lot of art, a, a lot of, a lot of experience and wisdom that comes from doing practicing. it and practicing and, um, if you'll forgive me saying, uh, making mistakes or, or finding yeah. that it's not quite, not quite as you expected it to be. Uh, and all the time learning. Of and course, that, that happens. It's not as you expected it. Yeah. And you can only, that's the thing of doing enough of it that you, you gain the experience then. To, to, um, you know, look for the unexpected. Yeah. It's, <laughs> especially with alpacas, it seems. So there we are. Yeah. So you're never quite sure what's coming next. So are, are there any things that you're aware of that people tend to do with alpaca teeth that you think should be avoided? Um, grinding with an angle right. grinder. That's brutal. Yeah. That's yeah. brutal. Um, it's, you know, it puts teeth on the wrong angle. Um, you have no idea where you're grinding. Um, you know, people will say that you should shorten the teeth until – until I hit the dental pad, you can have them too short as well. Mm. So, you know, it's not always about being too long. They, we could make them too short. That's important as well. So there's, there's actually a balance between the incisors and the molars. They have to work together. Right. So there's a point that incisors should meet the dental pad that enables the best chewing from the molars grinding against each other. Right. So, you know, teeth that have been left with a, a slope from one side to the other are going to affect the back teeth. So it, it is a matter, it's called balancing, and it is a matter of having the, the incisors and the molars balanced together. They're a team. They're not, how, how do I describe it? They have to work mm. together. They're yeah. not no, two separate, you know, they're not, two parts of the mouth. Everything works together. Yeah. Well, there you go. Hey, we've been talking here and I'm going, I think I don't know anything about alpacas now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you do. I'm sure you well, do. Well, I, I do, but I, I, you know, the things that, the, the things that you've mentioned that are kind of, Oh, I, Oh, it's like, ah, right. That makes sense. And that makes, and I'd assumed, and you know, there's all that kind of things that just need a little bit of adjustment in our thinking. Um, it's not straightforward. Now, in terms of resources, or the, or the, is the book that's coming hopefully in the next four months or so, and yep. that will be uh, welcomed by a lot of people, I'm sure. Do you have other resources, uh, say, on the website? Yes, there's articles on my website that you can download. They're free. Um, most of them are the papers that I've presented at um, a few conferences. So they're, they're quite detailed, lots of information in them. And pictures, and pictures as well. And pictures, and there's there's yeah, that's um was helpful. There's smaller information articles there on fighting teeth, the older alpaca, um, things that have been in magazines. So I usually put up on the website. I also have my alpaca dental services Facebook page, and I post quite regularly on there. I've posted information on incisors, quitting, um, fighting teeth, anatomy. So I just keep posting on there lots of lots of information. So that's my Alpaca Dental Services page on Facebook. Okay. So and all those details will be in the show notes so people will be able to find that. Perfect. Um, and and follow that through. But yeah, it'll be, it'll be really good. And, and if anybody wanted to get in touch is is um email addresses on the, the yes. website, I think. Is yes. It all? And there's um 
that, that's probably the simplest yep. way. Um, yes, my email address is on the website. That is also on my Facebook page. And I'm happy to um, to chat with people. I do get people message me from far, far away places. Help, help. <laughs> I'm always happy to do what I can. I have yeah. photographs sent to me, yeah. all sorts of all sorts of things. Sure. Yeah, some hor- horrible ones, I'm sure. There we are. Um, yeah, so that's that's really helpful. Thank you uh, for pointing those out. We, we, we'll, as I say, we'll have the links in the, the show notes so people can can get access right. to that. Thank you for sharing your your wisdom and giving me a whole new set of questions <laughs> to be asking myself and uh, as myself and and uh, looking at my alpacas in a new light uh, and just being, being able to check, check them over again and, and just make sure we're doing the best we can. Cause that's what we want to do. We want to be caring for Absolutely. them. Absolutely. Well. We want happy and healthy alpacas. We do the best we can. And sometimes it's through lack of knowledge. So it's really helpful to be able to, to link to things like this and, and, and know there's a bit more and there's the other things that we yep. can learn uh, to, so we can do the best um, thing. Yeah. So, thank you for great. chatting with me. It's good. Pleasure. And I hope um, there was enough information there to help people. Wasn't that great? That was so useful and very practical, hopefully. Uh, and it is a pity that she's not able to do house calls to the UK or America or wherever else you happen to be. There will be more information to follow about the book, which will be really helpful. Do remember the resources available on the website. Uh, the details for that will be found in the show notes. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being on the journey with me. Go spend some time with an alpaca. This is the Alpaca Tribe, and I'm Steve Hetherington. Have a great day.